It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. Wherever you are at, all across Broncos country, hope you and your family had a very happy Thanksgiving. I'm a little full myself from the Thanksgiving festivities, food, drinks, family, football, and this podcast. Very thankful for all of you in case I didn't get a chance to tell you guys. Uh, I am your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked on Broncos. From the South Stands to the End Zone, we have you covered every single day here with Denver Broncos news, analysis, content, coverage, and more. Today's episode of the show, folks, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. We are 48 hours away from kickoff. The Denver Broncos will host the New Orleans Saints this Sunday and Powerfield at Mile High, 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. And on today's episode of the show, we're going through our game preview, our final preview before all the action. We're taking a look at some of the key matchups. We're going to go over the practice, the injury report from Friday and a little bit of a forecast ahead into Sunday's matchup. Plus, we take a look at the tail of the tape for this Denver Broncos football team against this New Orleans Saints team. They have a lot of uh, momentum coming into this game. Obviously, on a four-game winning streak, they're going to begin a road trip here in case you guys did not have a chance to check out the Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Saints crossover Wednesday episode. Go check that out. We didn't have an episode yesterday because it was Thanksgiving, but go back and check out the crossover Wednesday for a lot of insight from Ross Jackson, host of Lockdown Saints, my co-host over there at Locked On NFL Sunday. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to waste your time. Happy Friday. It's a beautiful day. Some leftover turkey for sandwiches for the next couple of days to get you through the weekend. And ladies and gentlemen, let's kick things off with our Denver Broncos, New Orleans Saints practice report from Thursday, Thanksgiving. We were all enjoying our food. We were all enjoying our family time. Uh, but the Broncos, they had work to do. And they got back to the practice field and then they, they were able to get in early, get out so that they could go and enjoy dinner as well with their families. But in terms of the injury status of Several players, Bryce Callahan, DeMar Dotson, and Graham Glasgow. These players returned to practice yesterday, and they were on a limited basis. They did not participate in Wednesday's practice. Bryce Callahan, he's listed with a foot injury, limited, should be limited in today's practice for the Broncos. DeMar Dotson should be a full go for the Broncos today, and Graham Glasgow should be limited as well. Trey Marshall did not participate for the second consecutive day, and he is more than likely out of Sunday's matchup against the New Orleans Saints. Duke Dawson was listed as inactive this past week, had a chest injury, was limited on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday. So eager to see whether or not he'll be activated or not for Sunday's game. It really depends on how the Broncos view their personnel there. Uh, a little bit of an area of concern here for the Broncos. Take a look at wide receiver Jerry Judy. He's been banged up this year. He's been playing through it. He's been playing tough. He's dealing with an ankle and an Achilles injury. He was limited in Wednesday's practice, but the concerning thing is that yesterday he did not participate in practice, and today's 
it's going to be a big, big evaluating factor as to where the Broncos are at because if he cannot go on Sunday, that would obviously be a big blow. So right now his status is up in the air, and we'll find out a little bit more today when Broncos head coach Vic Fangio closes out Friday's press conference and going into the weekend there. Josie Jewell returned full-time. Had a little bit of an ankle injury that limited him on Wednesday before go yesterday. Joe Jones, Sylvester Williams were both limited for consecutive days. Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Elijah Wilkinson were all listed as full participants in back-to-back days. So that's good news there on that side of things. Obviously, Noah Fant and Drew Locke dealing with a rib issue there. Malik Reed did show up, though. Rolled his ankle, was limited in Thursday's practice. He should be good to go for Sunday's game against the Saints, which Malik Reed has been huge for the Broncos this year. I mean, I don't even think I can overstate it enough how valuable he has been, especially in the absence of Von Miller. I mean, we all thought that Jeremiah Atauchu was going to be the one guy opposite of Bradley Chubb to get the start, but Malik Reed has taken that role and he has run away with it. And it's not even close, and he's been fun to watch. He's an energizer bunny on that football field, and the Broncos got a good one there in Malik Reed. But take a look at the New Orleans Saints side of things there. I think for the most part, they're going to be at relatively full strength when they play the Broncos. Obviously, minus Drew Brees this Sunday. Deontay Harris did not participate two consecutive days. Andrews Pete in concussion protocol, DNP Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, he could go through protocol today and be cleared on Saturday, so obviously keeping an eye on that one. Alvin Kamara was listed with a foot injury, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. He's expected to play alongside Michael Thomas. Ankle injury as well, limited in practice for two consecutive days. Marshawn Latimer will be back this Sunday for the New Orleans Saints, and he'll likely cover Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy. Obviously, Jerry Judy's status now becomes a little bit more in question. Dwayne Washington and Ty Montgomery listed on the injury report as well. Ty Montgomery listed with a hamstring was limited in Thursday's practice. I do think that the Broncos have found a way through this season, though, to overcome some of these injuries. I mean, to be honest with you, if you would have told me before the season began that they'd be without Cortland Sutton, Jarrell Casey, Von Miller, Shelby Harris for three consecutive you know games here. I mean, they, they've got all these guys that have been out for them this season, and they're still relatively competitive. And I know a lot of people are looking at box scores. I mean, they, they got blown out in that second half against the Raiders, and, and they really gave up a lot of points in that first half against Atlanta. But for the most part, this is a Denver Broncos football team that is better than their record indicates, and they are young. They're finding their stride. I mean, we have seen that. I, I don't know how anybody could watch the game film and say, look, this is a bad football team. They're a young football team, right? They're making mistakes. They're making mistakes that continue to impact them. And I think a lot of it has to do with inexperience because a lot of these players have never had starter reps. I mean, you think about Jerry Judy. I mean, at college, it's different, right? When you go to the NFL, it's a different ball game. Your competition is a lot better. Hey, you know, Jerry Judy was used to playing in games where Alabama was beating teams by 45 plus points at halftime. I mean, that was the scenario down there in the SEC for Jerry. And so he's not been used to losing here. Same thing with KJ Hamler. But these young guys are really stepping in and they're finding their niche with the Broncos offense. And I think the offensive line with the experience that they have, Graham Glasgow, DeMar Dotson, uh, you know, I think it's going to help out in the long run. I think Lloyd Cushenberry has improved week to week. And, and granted, it's taken him a while to get where he's at. But I've been impressed with where we've seen Lloyd Cushenberry transition to from the beginning of the year. I think last week against the Dolphins, he played his best game. And now he's going to have to play his best game of the season once again against the New Orleans Saints and that defensive line that they have because they're very aggressive. And they like to try to take the ball away. They like to get sacks on the quarterback. Got to protect Drew Locke. Got to give him time to throw. And, and Drew's got to deliver when he gets those opportunities to do so. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our tale of the tape. We're taking a look at the Denver Broncos versus New Orleans Saints matchup coming up here in just a moment. 
England. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there at Pepsi. And this football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, the Broncos will host the Saints on Sunday, and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, they're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Broncos country, getting into our tale of the tape. The 4-6 Denver Broncos will host the 8-2 New Orleans Saints. 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff and power field at Mile High. The game is televised on Fox, but if you guys want a little bit of a suggestion about what I do on game day, sometimes I don't like listening to the national broadcast. I like listening to Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Susie Wargen of KOA on 8.50 a.m. 94.1 FM during the game. They do a phenomenal job here. So let's take a look for the Broncos. They're looking for their second consecutive win at M Power Field at Mile High. Really no home field advantage for Denver this season. That was something we talked about with Ross Jackson on the crossover episode on Wednesday. Wednesday. But the Broncos against the Saints historically are 9-2 all-time, including 5-1 at home against the Saints, and they have not lost to New Orleans since 1994. And in this game, Drew Locke had become the first Broncos quarterback to win his eighth career start by his 14th game of the season. For Denver in this matchup, to the last time these two teams faced off, it was the Broncos on the road in 2016. Trevor Simeon leading the way for Denver. Andy Janovich with a club on his hand, and the Broncos would win by two points, 25-23 to on the road in New Orleans because Justin Simmons, as a rookie, he would block the extra point attempt by New Orleans. Will Parks would scoop it up, and he would score, and it would convert to two points, and Denver would hold on and win. And it was crazy because in 2016, Denver still had most of their really competitive roster intact, obviously minus Malik Jackson, who the Broncos let go. You know, he tested out and he went to Jacksonville in free agency after that, but this was Gary Kubiak's last season as the Broncos head coach. It was fairly competitive back and forth, and we saw Darian Stewart have a big game as well for the Broncos, and so it's going to be a tough game here overall. It's going to be a challenging game because New Orleans is a different football team, and you can even date it back to 2012, the last time the Broncos played the New Orleans Saints at home the Broncos won 34 to 14 and that was with Peyton Manning obviously that's a little bit of a difference maker there when you look at it but take a look at this matchup our tail of the tape when we take a look in comparison for the Broncos against the New Orleans Saints in terms of the overall turnover margin Denver ranked bottom in the NFL their turnover margin is minus 13 that's 32nd and then you look at the New Orleans Saints they're plus five tied for seventh in the National Football League so coming into this game we all know that New Orleans they protect the football more so than they turn the football over Denver on the other hand they don't get as much takeaways in comparison
comparison to how often they turn the football over, and that's definitely a sign of concern. But when you take a look at the overall balance, the numbers here, I think the Broncos improved their standing a little bit last week with their performance on the ground. Obviously, 189 yards between Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and Drew Locke with getting some extra scrambles there. But in total net yards per game, Denver's 22nd in the National Football League. Really putting up the yards hasn't been an issue for Denver. It's about converting on third down. It's been about putting up a lot of points, and Denver hasn't really been able to do that. New Orleans, they're averaging about 373 total yards of offense per game. So Denver has a chance to limit them a little bit. And I feel like for Vic Fangio coming into this game, going against Taysom Hill, we know that what type of dynamic weapon he is. But now he's becoming more of that pocket passing quarterback. He's still going to do some designed runs. We're going to see that. We're going to see the guard pull and, and Taysom Hill follow. We're going to see some of the zone read option there. But Denver's got to make sure they have edge contained, that they're playing the dive. So that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on in this game as well. But Denver, uh, 5.31 yards per play is what they average on offense. That improved a little bit. It was a lot lower than that last week. New Orleans averages about 5.7 yards per play. So good for about 12th in the NFL. So there's a little bit about a point four discrepancy in total yards per play there. Denver, in terms of Points per game scored offensively, 20.6. That puts them at 27th in the NFL. You look at the New Orleans Saints, they average 29.5 points per game as well. And, and not sure what you can really equate it to. I mean, they are an explosive offense. They do have Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. They have Emmanuel Sanders. They have, uh, you know, Michael Thomas. These guys make plays. Taysom Hill as well. I mean, we've seen what this New Orleans Saints team can do when they're fully healthy, when they're dangerous. And what they did in that 38-3 blowout win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was surprising. But this, in my opinion, could be a trap game for for the New Orleans Saints. I think there's a lot of teams that underestimate, that overlook what the Denver Broncos can do. And this is a perfect game for the Broncos defense to come up big against Taysom Hill. And if the Broncos offense can get going, I think they're going to be in a good shape. But that's going to be very tough because taking a look at this, the New Orleans Saints defense is very, very good. They're the third ranked defense in the National Football League only allowing 302 total yards per game. They allow the fourth fewest yards per play at 4.97, and they're eighth in the National Football League in terms of points per game allowed at 22.8. So Denver's got to find a way to put up points. The Broncos can't find themselves in a position where they are down by two scores because then they're going to start forcing the ball. New Orleans is going to change their coverage scheme, and that's going to lead to, I think, more pressure and obviously a chance for more turnovers forced by the New Orleans Saints defense. So it's going to be a game where the Broncos have to come out and they have to establish balance with the run game and the passing game. When the Broncos come out in that 12 personnel with the two tight ends with Noah Fant and Nick Vanette. Can they build on it? Can they effectively run the ball the way that they did? You know New Orleans is going to adjust because they're the second ranked rushing defense only allowing 74.3 yards per game on the ground. Denver has had an issue with running the football because they found themselves down and then they can't run it consistently on the inside. I wonder if we're going to see the Saints adjust a little bit by stepping to the outside making it to where they crash everything down. That way if the Broncos do pull a Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bowles or Lloyd Cushingberry they might try to close off the outside, force Denver to run on the inside. So it's going to be a tough task for this Broncos football team on Sunday. But take a look at Denver's defense. They are the second-ranked red zone defense in the NFL. They're the 10th-ranked third-down defense, 38.7 third-down conversions uh, allowed there. And then you take a look at these two teams' ability to get to the quarterback. The Saints are third in the National Football League. They have 32 sacks on the year. They're very good at getting there. When you take a look at Hendrickson, you take a look at Cameron Jordan and Anya Mata there, they average pressure and they get there fast so the Broncos can't find themselves in a position where they're giving up sacks backing themselves up making it second and long third and long potentially even uh, first and long if the Broncos have penalties false starts holding calls and we haven't really seen penalties be too much of an issue for the Broncos in terms of the offensive line or even offensive penalties in general so I think Denver's good there but outside of that they're going to have their hands full with trying to stop this defense because once again the 
New Orleans Saints defense, they have 11 interceptions and they have four fumble recoveries. So they forced 15 takeaways this season. That's good for seventh in the NFL. So Denver, like I mentioned, you're going to have to account for guys on the outside like Marshawn Lattimore, Anyamata. You take a look at Williams uh, and that back end of that secondary for them. They have three other players that have two plus interceptions. Denver has got to find a way to come out and play a clean football game here. Like I said, the Broncos lead this series nine wins and two losses in their 11 games that they have played all together and Denver's got to find a way to build on it. They've got a current five-game winning streak against New Orleans. Can they add to that? That's going to be the biggest key in our evaluation here, seeing how Denver adjusts offensively and defensively because I think now you have a full-on game of Taysom Hill at quarterback and now gives Vic Fangio, I think, and his coaching staff a great idea as to what they can do to scheme against a guy like Taysom Hill. And that's going to be a big test, in my opinion. Quite arguably, one of the biggest tests the Broncos have faced this year defensively is going to come from this New Orleans Saints team. I think when they played Kansas City. They had a lot of talent, obviously, but the Broncos did a really good job against Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, and, and the talent that they had with Travis Kelsey as well. They did a pretty good job against them, and I think they adjusted really well in the second half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but this is going to be the biggest test of the season, in my opinion, for this Broncos football team, because you have to account for all of those players. And you may see the Saints try to mix it up and bring in Jameis Winston to play some quarterback, put uh, Taysom Hill, obviously, at the wide receiver position. I don't think they're going to do that, but the Broncos have probably prepared for that this week. you got to prepare for anything with any opponent that you have here, and we'll see what the status is of several Broncos players leading up into this matchup. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our key matchup, our keys to the game. What do the Denver Broncos have to do on Sunday in order to put themselves in a position to come away victorious? We're going to get to that here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That is our good friends over there, sportsbetting.com. They are passionate and live and now taking action here in the state of Colorado, and they're the authority on sports betting. They feature their own in-house bookmakers, and sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice. That means the best prices for you. New players can receive a welcome bonus today that's increased from $500 to $1,000 and a risk-free week of sports betting. And you can take part in some of their awesome parlays like break a leg or overtime pay. Break a leg, you can bet a 14 parlay, get your money back if one of those legs loses. And overtime pay means that you can get your money back if the team that you placed your bet on loses in overtime. Sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't-lose offers on first touchdown in NFL action. If you think Drew Locke's going to open up the game up and throw the first touchdown of the game, bet on it at sportsbetting.com. Get your action out the home of sports betting. That is sportsbetting.com backslash Lockdown Broncos. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Getting into our three keys to victory for this Denver Broncos football team. Also analyzing a couple of the key matchups that I believe will be imperative for the Broncos to come out 
on top in their one-on-ones that could impact the outcome of the game on Sunday, 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time. Kickoff the Broncos host the New Orleans Saints. But the first key to victory, I think Denver has to come out and continue to build on what they did well last week offensively. And what is that? I think we need to see a little bit more of the pistol formation for the Broncos, a little bit more under center, some of that run action, play action, where you have it out of 12 personnel. You have that chip release from the tight end releasing to the flats. And what's going to happen is you're going to see teams, especially like a team like the New Orleans Saints, they've seen that on film. So one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to adjust. They're going to play a guy as a flat defender. That leaves some of the vertical routes, the corner routes, and even the crossing patterns from some of the receivers and the other tight end to open up. I mean, they were there for Denver. So it's not like you can run these plays and you run them one week and one of those elements, one of those route combinations works. It doesn't mean you can never run it again. Teams are going to adjust to that. That's where you have to hit them with the other stuff. And I think that's exactly what Denver can do. I've been impressed with Nick Vanette the last couple of weeks. I think he's been a very phenomenal blocker for the Broncos when he's been in there this season. No offense involved in his blocking game as well. He's heavily involved and he's heavily evolved in that department in case I confused you just a moment ago. Uh, but the thing with no fan is the Broncos have to find a way to get the ball in his hands a little bit more out in space, be able to get him an opportunity to run yards after the catch. And Tim Patrick, once again, I mean, I, I think right now he's one of the top receivers in the National Football League in terms of yards after catch. And one of the listeners on YouTube actually called him Tim Yak Trick because all he does is rack up yards after the catch. So Timmy P just celebrated his birthday this past week as well. So it's going to be a big game, I think, for Tim Patrick. And if Jerry Judy's ankle does not hold up and he can't go, Patrick will see an increase in looks from the Broncos offensively. So with KJ Hamler, I imagine we'll see Tyree Cleveland activated same with Deshaun Hamilton's going to get a little bit more involvement there even though he's been involved for the Broncos offensively he's been in the rotation just not a lot of receptions in the last few weeks for him as well so for me I'm really intrigued to see who Denver brings in in terms of who's on their active list who's on their inactive list that's going to go a little bit of a ways there but you have to find a way to continue to build on what's working right and that was the run game out of some of those power schemes where you have the pulling guard I mean the Broncos even at times pulled Lloyd Cushenberry from the center position to the right side now teams are going to adjust to that because they know Denver loves to run to the right side and if I go back to the New England Patriots game one thing stood out to me in that game they had a lot of success running that guard pull play off of that counter the guard counter pull uh, to that right side side. Can they run the football like that to the left side? Can they pull a Graham Glasgow from the right side all the way to the left side? You're not going to be able to pull DeMar Dotson from the right side to the left side, so I can understand why the Broncos may not run it to the left side, but you can pull Graham Glasgow, you can pull Lloyd Cushenberry, have Dalton Reisner and Garrett Bowles crash down, and then it opens it up for the kick out for those guys there. You can even have an extra tight end out there to get bodies out there. So for Denver, I would like to be able to see what happens there for that, but one of the, the areas that does concern me, we saw it against the Atlanta Falcons, the Broncos did try to run that play to the left side and you saw interior penetration by the defensive tackle through that A gap and that's the one area where it could blow up the Broncos ability to extend plays to the outside on stretch plays toss plays counter plays and Denver's got to find a way to be better at that and I think really the the involvement that we have seen from the offensive line the communication has been much more improved in the last couple of weeks they played a really good game in my opinion against the Las Vegas Raiders uh, Drew Lock held on the ball a little bit too long in that game but then Drew Lock didn't hold on to the ball as long 
Young against the Miami Dolphins had a very clean pocket. It wasn't sacked at all against Miami against a defense that was sacking quarterbacks left and right that was blitzing them aggressively. Denver responded really well to the amoeba. I think it's going to put them in a position for the offensive line to have success against this very strong New Orleans Saints defensive line. So it's going to start in the trenches, trench warfare. The Broncos have to do what was working last week. That's the first key to victory. Second key to victory for Denver in this game defensively, you have to find a way to account for everybody. And what I mean by that is you have to make sure that when you're focusing on stopping the dive or the inside plays with Alvin Kamara, you got to stop the outside plays on the potential zone read options, not only just with Kamara, but also with Taysom Hill. You have to keep contained. My biggest concern for the Broncos run defense hasn't been on the interior. It's really been on runs that have gone to the outside, to the C-gap or the E-alley. Those have been the areas that have concerned me because the Broncos stunt packages at times. It involves Bradley Chubb as an outside linebacker. As we saw against the Miami Dolphins, he's going to be out wide. He's going to attack inside tackle, I mean inside shade of the of the tackle there, and they're going to bring the defensive lineman around on one of those stunts. But the Broncos, uh, in the last couple of weeks where they've really struggled with that, where they've given up big plays in terms of contain against the Chargers and even against Atlanta, a lot of that was because the defensive tackle or the defensive end didn't get over there quick enough on the stunt, and it left the outside open. So your cornerbacks have one-on-one, uh, you know, they're being blocked by a wide receiver or a tight end, and for them, I mean, it's like, I can't pick a side because then the running back's going to go the other way. So it puts the defensive backs on the outside in a, a tough predicament. So for Denver, it's about being sure that you have edge contain, edge discipline. That's one area of concern for Denver this year defensively that I have seen, but also it's equated to some of their stunt packages that they do run. And I think that really it's going to be imperative that you contain Taysom Hill. You have a full-on game on him on game tape now. You have to make sure because he does hold on to the football a little longer than I think Sean Payton would like him to. But the problem is, I mean, he's got the weapons, he's got the offensive line, he's given him protection for the most part. The offensive line has done a pretty good job, especially against Atlanta. They did a better job than I thought that they would, considering Grady Jarrett and how dominant he has been. We saw New Orleans sit back in that pocket with Taysom Hill, and I mean, he had time, but he also held on to it way too long, and I think that bodes well for the Broncos, as we saw against Miami. Dever had really good coverage all across the board various times. When you look at those six sacks on Tua Tongo Viola, he didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, everybody was covered, whether it's the running back as the check down, the tight end leaking out or the wide receivers, they were covered. And I think Denver's got to be able to do that as well. So I imagine we're going to see a lot of nickel for Denver uh, defensively. I think I imagine we're going to see some dime and some third down situations, obviously passing situations there for Denver. It could be Elijah Holder. I mean, it could be somebody else, but I, I mean, right now I think the Broncos are rolling with the hot hand. So defensively it's like I said, you got to keep contained. And the third key to victory is protect the football offense and special teams. You know, this, this is one of those games, in my opinion, like I mentioned, I think it's a trap game for New Orleans. They don't have a very good punter. Their punter doesn't really punt the ball downfield, doesn't really flip field position to the magnitude that other punters do consistently. He's one of the bottom ranked punters in the National Football League. So for the coverage guys on special teams, continue to do what you do. I mean, I think Michael Ojemudia, Devontae Bosby did a great job last week. Special teams has to be special once again. And obviously the offense and special teams, they have to take care of the football. Special teams can do that, but obviously catching the the punts, catching the kicks, not turning it over, but more importantly, not giving up bad field position for the offense. Be smart with the decisions that you are making. A lot of it starts with the blocking from the the cornerbacks on the gunners and everybody else, but the returners have to make smart decisions as well, and then the offense don't turn the football over, right? If you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive in the right manner. Continue to do what you did well last week, and I guarantee you it'll help the Denver Broncos come out on top with a victory on Sunday. Like I mentioned, this is a trap game, folks. You can quote me for the New Orleans Saints. 
they are in a trap game on Sunday. And it would be a great time because right now, I mean, with the Baltimore Ravens, the whole COVID positive test that they've had and the potential of them canceling that game or postponing it, I think that opens it up to what the NFL owners were talking about, allowing an eighth team in the playoffs for the AFC and the NFC. I personally, I think it should be that way anyways. I think you should have eight on the AFC. You should have eight on the NFC and let it play out from there. I like the idea of a 16-team playoff format, and we very well could see that due to what's going on right now in the, in the National Football League all across the globe right now with the Baltimore Ravens, multiple players testing positive, Lamar Jackson testing positive. This is going to have a little bit of a ripple of this is going to have a little bit of a ripple effect, not just on the Baltimore Ravens, but I think he's going to have it on the NFL. And for the Denver Broncos right now, they have a tough six game schedule remaining. If they can get four or five wins, like I said, it's going to be very tough. But if they could do that, they could find themselves on the outside looking in potentially for that eighth spot or even that seventh spot. But there's a lot that they have to do between now and then. They have to hope some other teams lose. But I think Denver is going to be a team that fights the rest of the way, folks. And I'm very excited about that. And I hope you guys are as well. So like I said, Broncos Country kickoff is this Sunday, 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Be sure to check me out on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time on Twitter at Cody Orca NFL. We are doing the Locked On NFL Sunday live pregame show. We cover all 32 teams. We talk about all the biggest games and we preview it. So be sure to check that out on Twitter as well. But with that said, Broncos Country, that'll do it for today's episode. Locked on Broncos brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi and sportsbetting.com. I want to thank them for sponsoring today's episode of the show. Be sure to check out the film review on YouTube at Cody Work NFL. We just reviewed the Broncos offense against Miami, the Broncos defense against Miami, and then this week we're going to have this Broncos defense and offense against the New Orleans Saints as well once we get our hands on the game table. With that said, Broncos country, we will catch you on Monday for a brand new episode of the show, our Denver Broncos post-game report from the New Orleans Saints game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.